Welcome back to What Up. I'm at Chrome, your host. So, first things first, if you don't mind, can you say welcome to What Up in Romanian? I'm not even going to try to say that. That's, that sounds amazing. <laughs> I cannot say that. I hope I said it right. I mean, you're the you're the, um, the Romanian expert here. I'm you. You said you said it right to me. <laughs> so you're going to tell us about amazing Romanian women and their history and how they have kind of been erased from Romanian history. So tell us a bit about yourself and this and what this episode means to you. Well. I have always liked uh, inspirational stories and I feel like it's a good move for me to bring some light on uh, less known stories from women from my country because it feels closer to home for me hearing these stories and I think because they kind of help me, they can help other girls or anyone really who might look forward to these women. But I think I have the same similar experience. So basically, I'm Somalian, and so I'm Somali, not Somalian. <laughs> and there are like there is a folklore story about this like queen who's like a badass, and it's like she's never talked about in Somali legend. Like we hear about all these as a kids, we hear stories about young people and like scary stories to make us like not do things bad or whatever. But It's kind of the same because she's this amazing queen that ruled some Somali in like a really prosperous time and then that's not recorded in history as well. It's it's similar to hearing that because it's like a lot of history, a lot of great whenever I hear a new story about, you know, the old time and look back at like how much women contributed to history and how much that is erased, it's kind of like why is it that that's not celebrated as much as, you know, others are celebrated for their contribution to history because we have the same value as them. So, thank you for recording this episode and as you guys all know, we'll be having a discussion after every episode. My name is Cesara. I am almost 17 years old and I live in Alba Iulia, Romania, a quite small town with 40,000 people. It's really nice. I mean, I really like it because of the way it's surrounded by nature because it's in Transylvania right in the middle of the Chain Mountains Carpathian. The nearby forest is from a mountain, the Mamut Mountain it's called. It's a mountain right uh, near my hometown and close to my house where I live. You can hear lots of birds and there are usually people there because many people go uh, for a walk there. In some periods of the year, uh, foreigners come to, to see the citadel and explore it because I think it's really nice when you see it for the first time, but I've been here all my life, so it just, uh, I just got used to it. I've been a scout since seventh grade and we have day hikes and we have team building activities like we go at our new scout house now and we can play board games and socialize. Uh, this year I will also be going with a group of scouts in Poland for the European Jamboree where scouts from all over Europe will be there. Most of my friends are either scouts or Red Cross volunteers. <laughs> FAPT is the youth division of Forum Apulum, which I'm part of. It was one of the first volunteering 
groups I joined in ninth grade alongside with the Red Cross. On one event, Victoria Pătrașcu invited one of the writers of the book, which was an inspiration for my episode, and she came and told us about a hundred women for a hundred years of Romanian history. In Romanian, it's called Nesupuse, which in English is translated disobedient, and it's written by four writers, and one of the writers is Victoria Petrașcu. I remember people sitting on chairs and on the couch in the forum house we had at the time, and Victoria was sitting in front and um, talked about the, this book and these stories, and it was the first time I've ever heard such stories, and it was the first time I've heard of these women because I had no idea uh, they even existed. Before that event, um, I thought that uh, I knew everything about the history of my country and that there weren't any women who did these sorts of things. And when I heard about them, it, it was really an eye-opening experience because I saw the way they weren't portrayed in history books or people weren't aware of their existence. And just because how hard it was for the writers of the book to find out about them because they told us about the whole process that was going on because they had to go to certain buildings to find um, acts and documents on their existence and their deeds because it wasn't stuff you could easily find online. I went home and told my mother about it and she didn't know either and she was really interested too. Smarada was the story I wanted to talk about first because of the way she was underestimated in her field because back then there weren't women pilots and there certainly weren't any other women skydivers. So she was the first to attempt such a thing and she was driven by this amazing ambition to realize something that has never been done before. We flew towards Sacramento for half an hour, climbing rapidly all the way. When we got up to 18,000 feet altitude, both the pilot and myself put on our oxygen masks because it was getting difficult to breathe. At last, at 23,500 feet, I was ready to jump. I signalled to the pilot, but he motioned for me to wait. He thought we could get just a little higher. We did, another 500 feet which brought us to the 24,000 footman. I took the oxygen mask from my face, took one last breath from it, and jumped downwards at the speed of a bullet, 3,000 feet a minute, I learnt later. Before I had time to realise what was happening, I got deathly sick. I couldn't breathe, the air was so thin, and the last breath of oxygen didn't last very long. I didn't wear oxygen equipment because of its weight, but I would have given anything to have it on. Just when I thought I was going to faint, I reached an altitude of 18,000 feet and began to feel better. I wasn't cold in the air because I'd been so frozen before jumping from the plane, I couldn't get any colder. Then I lost my gloves coming down and my hands turned numb. I could hear the plane circling overhead, but I couldn't see it because it was directly over the open parachute. The wind kept carrying me northeast, and then my parachute began to whirl in the wind currents, and I got dizzy. I was spinning like a top. As I drifted nearer the ground, I sighted a river and seemed to be heading straight for it, and I feared drowning if I landed in the river. At an altitude of 1,000 feet, 
I pulled the ripcord of my emergency parachute, hoping to slow down my speed and avoid the water. I shuddered. I knew I had floated over the river, my feet dangling in the water, and I landed in an open field. Și a sărit, pur și simplu a sărit, doborând recordul mondial. Pilotul a ajuns la o înălțime mai joasă, a reușit să-și revină, deci a primit din nou oxigen, a reușit She să-și jumped revină and broke the world record. The pilot then got to a lower height as he got back to his senses. He was able to get through more oxygen again and he landed. Because he landed without Smarana Brascu, he thought that she had died falling out of the plane. He announced to all reporters, Smaranda Barascu has died. Meanwhile, Smaranda has landed in a royal field, where she obviously passed out too. She was found by a peasant, who asked her name and where she was from, and she said, I'm a pilot, I jumped with a parachute, and I broke the world record. And this peasant called the airport and said, There is this woman here saying she is Smaranda Brorescu, and she broke the world record. This is Victoria Pătrașcu, one of the writers of Disobedient Women, Nesupusele. Together they researched and documented the stories, and since my interview with her, a second volume has been released with many more stories. I didn't know much about Romanian women aviators and parachutists. It was all new to me. Though it is hard to choose, I most enjoyed Smarana Brascu. This woman's destiny is absolutely impressive to me. When Smaranda went to Bucharest to get her pilot license, the man in charge of the destinies of Romanian aviation at the time told her, the country doesn't have planes to waste on you. She almost died twice whilst parachuting. On one occasion, it was due to a gust of wind which thrust her towards the Danube River, where she almost drowned as she couldn't swim. The other time, she once again was pushed by the wind beyond the border and into Hungary, where she fell into a tree, breaking her hips, legs and arms. And yet none of this stopped her. She was a woman consumed by this passion of jumping. She got up in the air seven times, and six of those times she failed to jump for various reasons. One time the oxygen tanks mysteriously ran out. Another time the pilot got drunk and flew the wrong way. But in the end, she still succeeded to break the world record. When she returned to Romania during World War II, she joined the White Escadre, which was the only crew of female pilots that brought wounded soldiers back from the battlefield. If that's not a story worth of at least one Hollywood movie, I don't know what is. And this woman doesn't even have an airport named after her. And instead we have airports named Cipriani Borombescu or Avram Yanku, who of course were wonderful personalities, who have done a lot of things, but they don't have any connection with the history of Romanian aviation. I believe we owe these women more. We realize that in a country like Romania, where there are a lot of stereotypes related to women and a lot of conservatism, the personalities of amazing women who have changed the world in both big and small ways are rarely known to children. These women are not mentioned in school books. 
They don't exist in history classes either. In history and in literature museums, female characters are very few. So we thought that a book like this was first of all necessary. We thought we'd start by first gathering the women's names. At the beginning, we didn't think we'd find more than 50. But then we got more than 300 and it became really difficult to pick only 100 of them. Our main aim was for these women to become role models for today's children. For us, the red thread that connected all of these destinies was disobedience. A disobedience that we approached from a broad angle. For children, it is surprising to discover all these women from the book. They haven't heard anything like this before. The parents haven't told them either. These women aren't talked about, and there isn't any literature for children and teenagers to talk about their stories. Basically, this is the only book where they can find out what these women have achieved. And it is sad that there aren't any others. I hope this book pushes other children and teenagers writers to write a body of literature dedicated to these stories and women. I remember Monica Luvinesco, a journalist based in Paris and daughter of Eugen Levinescu, one of the most famous Romanian literature critics. Her mother was locked up at 78 years old when she was caught by the Securitate, the secret police, and died in prison. I remember listening to Monica as a child on Radio Europa Libera, which is Radio Liberty, where she broadcasted for years. I listened to her on the radio with my grandfather, who would cover the windows so no one could hear us because the Siguritate listened to everything. But this woman, her voice, was the seed of hope for an entire generation. We all sat and stayed up and listened and knew she was giving us courage right there on Radio Liberty. And this spring we set out to travel in a caravan across villages of Romania to meet children there and to spread the disobedient women's stories in the countryside. That's where it is the hardest, where a woman's status is the lowest where little girls are told that they can't do certain things. They grow up to bear children, to marry. The only quality they need to have is to be listeners and to be beautiful. The little girls we met were extremely happy to discover they can do more than that and that the world is open and their options are many more. And this is what we want to do through this book, to offer courage to little girls and boys alike. Și asta ne și dorim, ca prin această carte să dăm fetelor, dar și băieților, curaj. Welcome to our end of the episode producer chat. The story we just listened to was by Romanian producer Cezara. So first things first, what drew you to, produ- to producing this particular story? Uh, the whole episode is 
kind of influenced by the idea of feminism because it's about women. It's a subject that always interested me. Just the idea of feminism and equality in the country where I'm from is kind of reflected in that episode. Do you feel like you've learned more about your country since making the story? It definitely taught me more about my country because in school or anywhere else, people don't usually hear about these stories. You have to actually look up and dig information to find out about them. So it was just like surprising and in a good way to find all these stories and all these hidden national uh, women who did these things that are kind of amazing, but they're not talked about as much as others. And I'm sure that it's not just the case with these Romanian women, but with more women from different countries, because I think more countries have such persons, not necessarily women, but persons who did impressive things, but didn't uh, deserve the recognition for that. Like all of our producers this season, this was the first time we interviewed someone. What was it like? The interviews were both challenging and fun. Uh, The first interview, I think I was the most anxious because even though I prepared the questions and all, it was quite a different situation from anything I've dealt with before. But in the end, I really enjoyed it and I would totally do more interviews in the future. What's a new skill that you've gained, you would say? I've learned to be a better listener, I believe, because... Uh, you have to realize when you're doing an interview that it's not about uh, you, it's about the person you're interviewing. And often I was tempted to have like a free conversation, but then I remember that it's not about me, it's about the person I'm interviewing. So yeah, I was, I taught myself that it's better to listen and hear what the other person is saying and yeah. Do you feel that you have grown in your own way, in, in a sense? Uh, yeah, I did. I learn to be more disciplined because I used to be, I used to procrastinate a lot more before the project uh, than during the project because especially with the interviews or another things that needed to be recorded because I used to be more like, uh, let's just do it tomorrow or delay a little bit, maybe I'll do it later. But when it comes, especially to the interviews or anything that has a deadline, you have to just do it. And that's a way, a good thing, because it's better that way, just to do the task and then go on with your day. Amazing. And that's a wrap for our episode with Cesara. Thank you, Cesara, for sharing your story. Thank you. How do you say goodbye in Romanian? We have two ways. We have a long way and a short way. The, uh, the long way would be la revedere. La revedere. Yes. Did I say it? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yay. <laughs> la revedere. <laughs> That's all from us today. Editing and sound design of today's episode was by Laura Briley Newton. Our theme music was written, produced, and recorded by Soundmix, Yusuf Essa, and the UK Refugee Council. What up? 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 What up?